It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, Falcomaniacs, to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, week 11 is underway. How are you doing, buddy? Well, I'm glad you said, as always, because that hasn't uh, been the case as of late. I'm hoping it will be from now on, but... uh... Uh, you know what? It's crazy. Week 11, man. The, I mean, the, the game we're watching right now is an absolute snooze fest. And um, I almost like that I'm starting. I don't have anybody on my, my rosters of the three teams I'm running right now on either one of these teams right now. So it's kind of a nice, a nice relaxing evening where I don't really care what happens. I just kind of be a fan of the sport. So I do enjoy that. But it's such a dud game that um, it might put me to sleep. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to all the other games. I'm looking forward to this episode. We got lots to talk about and uh, I'm feeling pretty good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's been, uh, you know, we were talking off air. It's been a bit of a week. We've got, uh, you know, parent-teacher interviews, so I've been able to talk to lots of my uh, students' families this week, but it's, you know, it's made for some busy nights, so glad to kind of have that coming to an end. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time of year. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Trade deadlines are coming up. Um, there's some, you know, there's some big news in the league and some players available on waivers that can help your, help your squad out. And, uh, this is the, you know, the, the second most exciting time of the season for me. The first is obviously the lead up to draft and then the draft day itself. The second is this kind of home stretch, uh, where the league has kind of separated itself into the teams that are locked into the playoffs, the teams that are already looking to next year. And then that middle core, where everybody's trying to figure out who they are and where they can go. And, uh, you know, all it takes is is making a couple of the right moves and you can shock the world. So uh, this is the time of year when uh, when champions are made. And uh, I'm hoping in some of my leagues that can be me. Oh, I hope it is as well. I hope it's me in a couple of leagues. You know, our League of Note, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, we saw, uh, you know, the number one team, Brother Tron. Uh, he's currently 10-0. and He made a big, big move to kind of solidify some weaknesses he had for the stretch run here. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Our league is going to come down to it this year. There's, you know, I was talking to Marty on Sunday, another league member, and uh, there's probably six teams we could see that have a chance and then a bunch of other teams that are fighting out for the rest of the spots. But uh, it's going to be a fun finish to the league, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. So it's 79 episodes into this thing. It's the jersey swap. Uh, you know what? The 70s were kind of painful. The numbers 60s through 69 were even more painful. Uh, but after this, we're getting into the 80s, and it's going to be a lot of fun, especially for football players, receivers. So I'm looking forward to that. But we got to do number 79. This is our 79th episode. So really quickly, we're going to go through these names. Andre Markov is an NHL uh, defenseman, I think, for the Habs. Jose Abreu and all the White Sox. Uh, I think he won the MVP last year for them last year in RBI Machine. Ogre from the movie Revenge of the Nerds, played by actor Donald Gibb, who also is amazing in the movie Bloodsport. Or uh, our age 79 celebrities are Paul McCartney and Harrison Ford. So you can either, we're just going to scrap the jerseys because they're all (laughs) meh. Paul McCartney or Harrison Ford, you can have one catalog disappear from the earth. Which one do you keep and which one disappears? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one, man. I I love Harrison Ford, and some of his movies are such classics. But uh, I gotta stick with the music, man. Wings and the Beatles, like, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep the McCartney. Sorry, uh, sorry, Han Solo, you're uh, going into the carbonite there. Which way would you lean on that one? 
Uh, I think I would go the other way. Um, I do love the Beatles, but I'm not as uh, big a music fan as you are. I love Indiana Jones. I'm a big Harrison Ford fan. So Star Wars, yeah, you, you can't have a world without Star Wars. Now, would I, I without Star War or without the Beatles? Then without Star Wars is what I'm saying, I guess. Well, would I? I guess a question is: Would I get to keep all the Beatles songs that were like John Lennon and George Harrison songs, without McCartney? Uh, sh- sure. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll, then I'll then I'll then I'll nerd on me now. So I don't I don't know what songs this. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll switch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, Maka. Oh man. Well, uh, yeah. No, it's uh it's a it's a struggle getting through some of these Jersey swaps and I'm, I'm already trying to rack my brain, Jeff, cause we've got after this one, we've got 20 more episodes before we hit 99 and, uh, then we're going to have to do something a little different. So maybe, uh, Falk Maniacs, if you've got any ideas, what could we start doing instead of the Jersey swap when we hit uh, triple digits here? Uh, let us know because uh, we're here for you. That's what we're all about. Uh, make sure if you haven't already, make sure you, uh, download, Uh, every week twice a week during the season and make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to your podcast Um, again if you're new to the show thanks for joining us and uh, if you're a returning falcomaniac we hope you got the w in week 10 and we're here to help you get ready for week number 11 uh, as we head towards the fantasy playoffs so thanks a lot for coming back well, Jeff, we've got a real. Yeah, we always love having. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say we've got oh, a real go it, special I'm excited, treat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. This is. We're. We're just jumping out of our chairs here, Falcomaniacs. We got a special treat. Uh, every once in a while, we get uh, one of the real, the real who's who's in the fantasy football industry to uh, to join us on the show. And uh, this week, we are very privileged to have a special guest for our opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. Oh man, anybody out there who knows fantasy football, you must, you must be familiar with uh, our special guest today. The, you know, one of the OGs, we've had uh, a friend of his, uh, John Jackson on the show a couple of times, but uh, I don't even think Mr. Jackson holds a candle to this guy. The trade father himself, welcome to the show, Mr. Don Vito. Thank you very much for coming. It's a pleasure yeah, to be a, here. It's, it's an absolute honor. Don't interrupt me, Sonny. <laughs> it's an honor to have you, Don Vito. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is uh, this is quite a treat to be with you, fellas. Uh, so I know you know time is precious for someone like you. You're a very busy man. So I'm going to cut to the chase here, uh, Godfather, Trade Father, uh, Don Vito. What is your role in fantasy football? Well, you know, since the early days when I was uh, playing, I always had the level head for uh, all the disagreements that come up, you know, among friends in the league. And and eventually I, I got bored of just winning every year. So what I start to do, I, I start to solve the problems. I start to help people who uh, they come to me when they when they need help with a situation that they can't figure out themselves. So I, I make the decision. And so, I mean, that's obviously a huge role, but why do they call you Don Vito? Well, you know, they call me Don Vito because uh, I have a, a, a simple rule when it comes to trade. I don't veto anything. I don't veto anything. It's uh, A trade is a trade, and uh, it's none of your business. So how long have you been acting as a commissioner slash trade mediator? 
Well, uh, let's just put it this way, my friend. Uh, you know, when I got into this, uh, uh, the Dead Sea, she was only sick. Uh, Don, I don't want to, I don't mean to laugh at you. I don't want to disrespect you in any way or any form, but, uh, I know you mentioned that your name is Don Vito for a reason, but have you ever had to actually veto a trade before? Well, you know, I, I don't like to talk about that unpleasant business, but, uh, yeah, there was a time, a, a man, he come to me, he came to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. He said, Don Vito. I have a problem, and I, I, I question this man. I say, how can you come to me? We're not a friend. You don't ask me for a coffee. You don't ask me how am I doing. You come to me and say, I have a problem. I'm the day of my daughter's wedding. But okay, I am the Don Vito. I will help you. And he tell me about a man in his league who make a deal so outrageous. He trade a player who been retired to his brother, and this man's brother trade him back the number one player in the league the last two years and he said don vito what should i do i don't like to talk about uh, the solution we had to that problem but uh you know we we took care of things and uh, we made sure we sent a message to that league i think i understand um one more question for you don vito if that's okay um, what is your best advice for managers trying to make moves to help them get their fantasy Falcon championships this year? You need to look out for your team, your team, like a family and family is what it's all about. So you go out there, you find that target and you make them an offer. They can't refuse. I like it. Well Don Vito. We, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to have you back anytime you are willing um, this has been an absolute treat for myself and Kyle to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much and, and stay safe and take care. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Don. We, uh, we always appreciate having one of the, uh, legends of fantasy football. Grazie. Thank you very much. Wow. Don Vito himself. Well, big I, well, this yeah. is unreal, I, man. This yeah. is, we're getting, we're getting interviews that, uh, you know, other shows can only dream of. They couldn't, they couldn't get this if they tried. Well, they're all going for the same experts that are on TV and everything. We're we're looking for the OGs, the guys that started, you know, when this was, you know, still leather helmets. So I love having the old school guys on and listening to, uh, you know, we picked his brain off the air for quite a while as well. And uh, I got a little a couple nuggets from him that I'm hoping to uh, utilize for this uh, before the deadline here. Oh man! Well, I hope you uh, I hope you share them with me when we're off the air. But uh, anyways, we got an action packed show here today, Falk Maniacs. We got lots to get to. And, uh, you know, to help you get started making those tough decisions, we've got all of the NFL game previews. Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL previews. So we like to do this every week, right, Jeff? We talk about the, uh, the matchups coming up. We talk about who's favored, who's in, who's out, and who we think you should start. And our first game this week, we've got the 5-5 five and five Indianapolis Colts heading to Buffalo to take on the 6-3 and three Bills. It's a 50-point over-under, and the Bills are a touchdown favorite in this one. Um, you know, over the last few weeks, the Colts' offense has been good. The defense, uh, the last couple games, has allowed bad teams to get back into games. They actually haven't looked bad, but they it looked like they've been playing prevent defense for three quarters, which is tough to do. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, the Bills' defense has been outstanding. 
It did look a little concerning for a couple of weeks there against Miami and Jacksonville. It seemed like the offense was kind of at a standstill, but then they, you know, they had the big explosion last week, the Stephon Diggs game. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, the Bills are right now allowing the fewest fantasy points to quarterback, to running back, and to wide receiver. That's uh, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um on the injury report this week, we've got uh, Cole Beasley. He's still limited with a rib injury. We saw that kind of hampered him, so keep an eye on his status. And uh, also in the wide receiver room, Emmanuel Sanders didn't practice today. Now, it was a non-injury DMP, so I'm not sure if it was just a rest day or something else that's going on. But uh, keep an eye on both of these guys going into Sunday. The yes is when I look at this matchup. Now, even though they're going up against that tough Bills defense, I think Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, if they're on your squad, uh, you got to dance with the one who brought you here, right? So you got to roll with those two cats. And uh, for the Bills, you know, Allen, Diggs, and uh, the the other wide receivers, Beasley and Sanders, if they're all good to go, um, that's, you know, I have no problem rolling them out against the uh, against the the Colts defense. Uh, but the Bills DST, that is, I think, a must start. And this is one of those teams that just about every week, if you uh, if you picked them up early in the season and you've been hanging on, I think this is one of those uh, just roll them out. Don't worry too, too much about the matchup. Now let's talk about the maybes here. I am I am not a fan of Carson Wentz this week going up against this defense. Uh, his decision making has alternated between great and very questionable. So uh, he's riding the pine for my squad this week. T.Y. Hilton, you know, I said you could roll out Michael Pittman, but I need to see more from Hilton before I feel good about putting him in, especially against this uh, Buffalo defense. Um, Naeem Hines, same thing. I don't love the matchup for Taylor, but you're going to play your stud running back. Uh, you know, he's a guy who he might be up around the 101 or 102 next year when it comes to draft season. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, Naeem Hines, he's a no-go for me. Zach Pascal's a no-go. Um, the running backs for Buffalo, I don't know how you feel about, uh, Moss and Singletary. And we even saw some Matt Breida. I'm not crazy about these three guys just because of the uncertainty of the workload, um, what do you think, Jeff? Is is this going to be a game where Buffalo gets up quickly and they can and they can lean on their run game or I guess lack of a run game? Uh, no, I think this is going to be a hard fought battle right through to the end. And if you know, you said Brady, we talked about him on Tuesday's episode. He showed some juice and he was exciting. But you know, he looked at the actual numbers. He only had like three or four touches. It was just you know big touches. I'm still starting Moss before the other two. Um, Moss is like the, you know, borderline flex RB2 range and the other two are absolute, you know, Hail Mary flexes at this point. Um, but they're worth stashing because if one of the other two go down, then, you know, this is a potent offense that's going to score a lot of points. So you want to have one of the running backs, um, if, if the, one of the other three goes back down. Yeah, and the only other guy here is uh, is Dawson Knox. So coming back off the hand injury, obviously a disappointment. Now it's worth noting that Josh Allen tried to connect with him twice in the end zone last week and was unable to. Um, so I feel like that I feel like they might roll back to that. We saw he was a touchdown machine before the injury. Um, you know, we say it every week. Tight end's such a sticky position. Um, if you've got a guy like him with touchdown upside on a good team and you don't have a better option, then uh, then go ahead and roll him out there. Um, I got the Buffalo Bills taking this one, buddy, at home. Yeah, I do too, but I think it's going to be closer than the seven-point uh, spread that the Bills are favored. I like 
I like what Indy's doing, and uh, you know they're back to 500 now. They have a good team. They should be a playoff contender, so this should be a fun game. Um, our next game, though, will not be it. Uh, you know, as of this recording, <laughs> it's probably a matchup between the best team in the NFL versus the worst team in the NFL. And based on everything I've seen the last two weeks, uh, that probably means the worst team in the NFL is going to win by 24 points. But uh, yeah, here we have the one and eight Texans going to Tennessee to face the eight and two Titans. It's a 44 and a half point over under with the Titans being 10 point favorites at home. Um, yeah, I mean, the Titans are rolling right now. They're playing amazing football, even without King Henry. And they're stacking up W's against, you know, great teams and really good quarterbacks. So I don't think that's going to stop this week. Uh, as far as the injury report goes, Rex Burkhead, Brandon Cooks, both have been limited for Houston. Uh, I don't think we were really worried about Burkhead, but Brandon Cooks is basically the only fantasy option on that Texans squad right now. Uh, and his was non-injury related, so uh, he should be hopefully back in time for Sunday. Jerry McNichols on the Titans side is still out with that concussion, so... Um, Dante Foreman is moving up boards quite a bit here. He looked pretty spry in his uh, return to the NFL action the last couple weeks, and he looked like the best running back on the team uh, last week. So uh, if McNichols is out for sure, that only means more touches for Foreman and probably AP. So keep an eye on that. Uh, as far as the yeses and the maybes in this game, obviously we're starting A.J. Brown. I think I'm starting Dante Foreman as well with uh, the, them playing the Texans and how bad they're going to be. I think this could be a situation where they get up and they try to run out clock by the middle of the third quarter. So Foreman could have a <clears throat> pardon me, a pretty good role this week. I'm starting Brandon Cooks, and I'm pretty confident starting Ryan Tannehill as well. Uh, my maybe, maybes are Tyrod Taylor, um, Tennessee defense, and AP or McNichols if McNichols is playing. Um, and I'm forgetting the name of the backup uh, wide receiver that's filling in for Julio right now, but he was a waiver darling this week. Oh, uh, Marcus. Uh, uh, was it Marcus Johnson? Maybe I just made that uh, up. Could be. I can't remember. <laughs> but he's somebody to consider as well. Let me pull him up while you're looking at the next matchup. Yeah, uh, But, for yeah, sure. I got the Titans in this one. Yeah, I've got the Titans too. And I think on that list of maybes, I think the Tennessee defense, uh, the way that they've been playing the last few weeks and the fact that they're going up against the Houston Texans, um, I know I'm rolling them out in a couple of leagues, and I think you, I think you could too. All right, we've got the, uh, ooh, revenge game alert. Woo, woo. We've got uh, the Washington football team at 3-6 and six, coming off of a shocking win last week. And they are taking on the Carolina Panthers at 5-5 five and five, coming off a shocking quarterback change. If we had said this eight days ago, you would have thought we were crazy. Uh, this game's going to be a low-scoring affair according to Las Vegas. 43-point over under. Carolina are 3.5-point favorites. So, yeah, like I mentioned, Washington just upsetting the Buccaneers who were already coming off of a loss and a bye week. Um, <clears throat> Gibson had the big day, which was even more surprising, going up against that stout Buccaneers defense. He had two rushing touchdowns. I don't like the odds of that happening again. Um, the Carolina run defense is top three in the league. I don't think this is going to be a big Gibson day at all. I think that this is going to be a game that Washington struggles in, um, especially the fact that uh, Chase Young won't be part of their defensive rush against the new starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Ace Boogie himself, Superman in the house, Cam Newton, going up against his old coach, Riverboat Ron Rivera. Uh, this is exciting. I wonder what Coach Rivera has up his sleeve. There's probably no coach in the league that knows uh, as well as Riverboat how how well Cam can uh, control the game, especially when you get down low near the end zone. So uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Washington has up their sleeves, and I'm excited to see what Ace Boogie has, uh, you know, ready to go. 
Um, looking at the practice report here, we mentioned Gibson. Um, he's been limited again with that shin injury all week. Now, he did play last week, so I'm sure it's just precautionary. Uh, Terry McLaurin was held out earlier in the week. Um with a shoulder injury, but he returned to full practice today. And uh, at tight end for Washington, Ricky Seals-Jones has not practiced yet this week with a hip injury. Now, no word at all on Logan Thomas um, making it back in. So that's interesting to note because the tight end position has been important uh, to the passing game in Washington so far this year. Looking at the yeses, uh, I'll be honest, Jeff, there's not a lot of guys that I feel locked and loaded, ready to go. Uh, one of them is DJ Moore, who even though he's been disappointing, you just can't ignore the matchup. Uh, Washington is one of the worst teams in the league against uh, the pass. They're giving up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. Um, so if ever there's going to be a game where DJ Moore shows what he's got, it's going to be this one, um, even with even with a uh, quarterback who hasn't made a start since last season under center. Um and uh, also wide receiver Terry McLaurin, um, you know, I just traded him away in a league, but not because I don't believe in him, just because I was so desperate to fill a running back need. But uh, even against this stout defense, the ball's got to go somewhere. We've seen McLaurin over his career be hyper-targeted against all manner of defense and still be productive. Um, so I think he has an okay game. And of course, Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, he's back. He's back, baby. Uh, so he's a no-brainer. Put him in your lineup if you've held on to him or if you traded for him. Good for you. Now, looking at the maybes, like I said, Antonio Gibson, he's a no for me um, if you can afford it, if you've got another option at running back. Um, his his mate in the backfield, though, uh, McKissick, I think that this might be more of a week to play him. I know I kind of said that last week. I didn't see the game uh, flow going exactly the way it did against Tampa Bay. But uh, if Washington's struggling to get the ball moving and they're falling behind and they need to uh, protect their quarterback, they're going to be looking for those quick targets. So McKissick, you know, we've seen him be a target monster, 9, 10 targets some week. Uh, This could be one of those weeks. Robbie Anderson, it's been a tough season for Robbie Anderson managers, but you know what? This might be a game you could plug him in. We've seen him be a little bit more relevant lately. And uh, again, going up against that Washington defense that, we expected such big things of, but we haven't gotten it. Um, I think that Anderson could be a good flex play for you. And between the two quarterbacks, Heineke is a no for me, but Cam Newton, I can't believe in November of 2021, I am saying on the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast, go ahead and put Superman in your lineup. Put Ace Boogie out there and see what he can do. I got the Panthers taking this one, Jeff. Tell me why you feel different. I just have a hunch about Washington, man. They came out and shocked the world last week and beat up on Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champs. Uh, Their defense was making plays. I think they're going to be fired up to win this one for Riverboat. Um, And I don't believe in Cam as a quarterback yet. I know they won last week, but he really didn't do a whole lot to blow me away. And P.J. Walker is still P.J. Walker. So, yeah, I just have a gut feeling that Washington might be getting hot and still alive in that crazy division uh, and wildcard scenario, even though they have a 3-6 and record right now. So... Um, yeah, I, I'm just uh, I got a gut feeling about them, so I think they might gonna happen or they're gonna make it happen. And I would start Gibson; he'd be a yes for me for that reason. I think Washington's gonna win, and he's gonna be a big part of that. So I would start Antonio Gibson this week. Um, our next game, this one's gonna be a great one as well. The records really don't reflect how exciting this game looks on paper. It's the six and three Ravens going to Chicago to face the three and six Bears. It's a forty-five and a half point over/under with Baltimore being four and a half point favorites on the road. 
Uh, pardon me. The Ravens are coming off a tough loss on Thursday night football. Uh, the Bears had their bye week last week, but they're also coming off a tough mm-hmm. loss to the Steelers. Um, but the real story in this one is for me anyways, is Justin Fields and, and uh, watching him and, and, you know, seeing if he's going to continue to improve the way he's playing quarterback has been you know, pretty exciting for Chicago Bears fans, for fantasy managers. Um, and we're hoping to that translate to some relevance for his skill position players other than Montgomery. So I'm really interested to see how he comes out of the bye week. You know, as now, you know, had a few weeks to get his feet wet and accustomed to the league speed. And then we'll see how uh, Matt Nagy game plans for the kid now. Um, this is the injury report, but this one's pretty long, actually, and it's a big name. So we'll run, run through this here. Lamar Jackson has not practiced all week with an illness. Rashad Bateman missed today's practice with an illness. Latavius Murray's trying to work his way back, but he's still limited. Hollywood Brown has not practiced all week with a thigh injury. Uh, on the Bears side, we got Mooney is out with a foot or limited with a foot injury, and um, Allen Robinson has not practiced with a hamstring injury. So a lot of the you know the skill position players on both sides, uh, not 100% going into this one. Uh, for that reason, the yes list is pretty short. It's Lamar Jackson for sure if he's playing, Mark Andrews and uh, David Montgomery for the Bears. With the, uh, maybes we have Hollywood Brown. I don't know if he's going to suit up after missing practice for all, all week. We'll see what happens Friday. I'm not 100% confident in starting Justin Fields yet. If he does it this week, then he might move up to my yeses moving forward here, but not as of yet. Cole Komet is a guy I picked as a Rudy. He's getting more and more targets each week. You know, the Robinson and Mooney, they're still really hard to trust. And, you know, obviously if they're not 100%, it's going to be even harder to trust either one of them. So if you could have another option at receiver, you might want to go with that. Uh, even though the Ravens are one of the worst pass defenses in the league, it's just it's hard to trust the wide receivers with Justin Fields. And uh, Latavius Murray is a guy that, you know, he's limited in his return. We know how Baltimore likes to run, but we don't know how they're going to use him and Freeman. So uh, I would, you know, I'd be happy that he's back in practice and like to see him on the field if you have him on your roster. But I don't know if I trust starting him at this time of year. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, it's a tough one. I've got uh, Murray in a couple of leagues and I'm looking to roll him out this week uh, as long as he's, you know, progressing the same and and is good to go. Um, You know, we didn't mention it, but uh, Baltimore released Le'Veon Bell at the start of the week. Um, So that tells me that they're feeling confident about uh, Murray making his way back. I think that when he's back um, and healthy, he's going to go back into that number one running back role that he took over pretty quickly after arriving. Um, I'm kind of with you on fields. The only thing that makes me feel a little bit better is we did see more and more rushing coming from him uh, the last two weeks going into the bye, and that's that's obviously going to be... Uh, what you know what makes him a success as a rookie quarterback um, is that electric playmaking ability and we've seen it happen you know over the last few years especially with the young quarterbacks Um, it just kind of gives you that automatic floor in fantasy football and the fact that they just had their bye week they've had time to really kind of tailor their game plan uh, going up against the Ravens to what Fields does best. So, um, you know, we've got a few teams, we've got four teams on by this week, I believe. And if you're struggling, if you're missing your quarterback and he's available, um, you know, he could be a plug and play. But uh, I think he's an important name to highlight as a guy that you could pick up and, uh, you know, potentially have a a strong fantasy asset um, down the stretch and into the playoffs this year. Um, I got Baltimore. I got the I got the birds taking it, but I think it's going to be a pretty good game here. Which way are you going? Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore as well. Another name I'm looking for at potential return is Khalil Mack. I don't know if he will be back for that Bears defense, but obviously he's a big name and a big part of that pass rush. So, um, 
It'll be interesting to see if he plays, but I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we should mention, too, uh, Rashad Bateman. You mentioned he was out today with illness at practice. But uh, since he, you know, he started the year off hurt, we mentioned it last week as well. Since he was back, he's been fairly heavily targeted. Uh, he's got massive playmaking ability. This is the kind of player that you want to look for. Um, this is something that we'll talk about next week, maybe some players to look for uh, for down the stretch. But uh, Rashad Bateman, he was drafted to be a superstar. And if Hollywood's out and Bateman's in this week, this could be the game. So if you've got an empty spot on your bench, this might be the time to pick him up for free instead of racing to spend all your fab uh, next week after the breakout. Just saying. All right. We have the, uh, you know, the still winless but no longer pointless in the standings, although cheering for them might be pointless. Uh. We've got the Detroit Lions at 0-8-1. Taking on the Cleveland Browns at five and five, this is going to be uh, another another low baller. It's a forty three and a half point over under with Cleveland as eleven and a half point favorites. So basically, what Las Vegas is saying is no self respecting football team would even let the Lions within sniffing distance. Ooh. <laughs> Um, the Browns are looking like they could be shorthanded in this one. Um, actually, both teams looking a little bit shorthanded in this one. Uh, a bit of a laundry list here. So in the backfield for Detroit, uh, Jamar Jefferson ha- didn't practice. Jamal Williams did in a limited fashion. Um, he's been limited the last few weeks but has not played. So something I mentioned on Tuesday's show, if you're in an IDP league, do what I did. If you've got a spot on your bench, go out and pick up Godwin Igwebuke. I should have practiced that. Igwebuke. He's a defensive back who was the backup running back and had a long touchdown run this past week. If you can put in a backup running back at DB, that's not a bad play. So just in case neither of those guys are healthy in the Detroit backfield, go ahead and uh, sneak one over on your fellow managers. Um, but, uh, Deandre Swift also limited all week with a shoulder injury. It sounds like he'll be good to go, but something that bears watching for sure. But Jared Goff has not practiced, has not been on the field since that game against Pittsburgh, uh, suffered an oblique injury. So uh, yeah, it's not going to be great. Even with Goff, it's not great, but, uh, without Goff and without some depth in their backfield, this is going to be pretty ugly for the blue and gray. But on the other side of the ball, we've got Baker, who's still limited with that knee injury. Jarvis Landry is in the same position with his own injury. Donovan Peoples-Jones, this one I don't like. I hate late-week downgrades, Jeff. You know, we see it all the time where somebody did, yeah. not, did not practice, did not practice, and then on Friday, okay, they're limited. Peoples-Jones practiced yesterday in a limited fashion with a groin injury, and then today was downgraded, did not practice. So absolutely important. Um, if you're listening on Friday, if uh, check to the, today's uh, practice reports. If you're listening on Saturday, make sure you go back and see what happened yesterday because uh, that is concerning. Could be an aggravation um, or just tweaking something. Still no confirmation on Nick Chubb. He missed last week's game on the COVID-19 reserve. Uh, we haven't heard for sure. It sounds like maybe he's trending in the right direction, but uh, but no words. So we've got no quarterbacks on either team, no receivers, no running backs. Sounds like a fun game. Sounds like it could be Tim, Vo- Tim Boyle taking on Case Keenum. And that's what fantasy managers everywhere are looking for, isn't it, Jeff? Um, yeah, so the yes is if Chubb is in, he's a yes, obviously. If Chubb's not in, uh, I think Dearness could save Christmas this week. And, uh, you know, 
Swift and Hawkinson, those are the two guys on Detroit. We say their names every week, and and that's about it for me. I don't want anything to do with Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, banged up, and the Browns' passing attack has looked bad. I'm not really interested in Baker Mayfield. Peoples Jones, I think, is a fine asset, but I don't like the fact that he was downgraded. Even if he's out there, I wouldn't expect him to maybe live up to that big play ability that he's shown earlier in the year. Uh, this is all this is all a bunch of yucky duties to me, man. No other Browns, no other Detroit pass catchers. I don't want Khalif Raymond or anything like that. The only besides uh, besides a healthy Nick Chubb or Dearnest or uh, or Swift or Hawkinson, the only other possible play I think could be the Browns defense against this uh, this hideous Lions offense. I got the Brownies, buddy. What do you think? Yeah, I'm taking the Browns for sure, and I'm 100% starting the Browns defense. Um, Whoa, I mean, 100%. Swift was my woo. Yeah, against the Lions, even if it is golf. I mean, they're not good. It's I, I don't want to get into what happened last week, but yeah, I'm confident starting the Browns D this week. Uh, let's move on to the next game. I'm excited about it. It's the 4-5 and five 49ers who are playing good football, going to Jacksonville to face the 2-7 and seven Jaguars who are also playing some pretty decent football as of late. It's a 45.5 point, or sorry, 45 point over-under with San Francisco being six-point favorites on the road. Um, yeah, man, the 49ers looked like the team I was, I don't know about yourself, but I was expecting the all season. This was the team I was expecting to watch all year long, except it was Trey Sermon instead of Elijah Mitchell running wild. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it, I don't know if they figured something out or if it's just that they're, you know, the familiar, familiarity they have with the Rams, but, uh, you know, they put one of the Super Bowl favorites on notice that it's, they're not going to walk away with that division. Um, I guess the Cardinals are there as well, but 49ers played amazing and they're playing good football and the Jaguars are playing really tough the last month as well they you know they upset the bills there they had a really tight uh, game last week and uh, yeah they're playing pretty solid football for urban meyer and and trevor lawrence is showing why you know he's making big throws he's not winning games he's not taking over games i still think they're they're away from being a contender but he's showing why you know he was called the generational talent he's making throws that not a lot of people can make so uh the future is bright i think in jacksonville um, as far as the injury report on this one, we got Jermichael Hasty, who has uh, got that ankle injury. He has not been practicing. Elijah Mitchell has a fin- had finger surgery this week. He hasn't been practicing either, but uh, I read it before we came on air that Shanahan thinks he's going to be good to go. Um, if he's not, though, that's good news for Trey Sermon and um, Jeff Wilson, who uh, are basically the last two running backs there. But I think it sounds like Mitchell will be playing. Debo has been limited with a shin injury. It doesn't seem to matter all season long. This guy's just getting chunk play after chunk play. Uh, James Robinson is returning to practice in a limited fashion as well. You know, he's the heart and soul of that offense. And if he's playing, I'm starting him for sure. But uh, monitor his status as the uh, as Sunday approaches. And Carlos Hyde is also limited. Not really a fantasy option, even if Robinson is out, in my opinion. But um, you, know, you could do worse if you're desperate. Uh, as far as the yeses, for sure, I'm starting Mitchell if he plays. I'm starting George Kittle, who has looked great since coming back from that injury. I'm starting Jimmy G with confidence this week, and I don't like saying that at all as somebody who's heavily invested in Trey Lance, but uh, the last two, three weeks, Jimmy G has been really good, and it's the reason the 49ers are back to within a you know, sniffing distance of 500. So if he continues to play this way, he's going to finish the season like you were saying, Kyle, and uh, you know we'll see what happens in the offseason. But Garoppolo is a start this week. Definitely starting Debo, and if James Robinson is a go, I'm starting him this week as well. Uh, my maybes are Trevor Lawrence, LaVisca Chenault, Dan Arnold, who's a tight end for the Jaguars, who seems to have a role with that offense. They're, they're designing plays to get him the ball, so you could do worse to tight end. But uh, So he's a maybe for me. Brandon Ayuk as well, and Jeff Wilson. 
is on my maybe mm-hmm. list, but that's more if um, if Mitchell can't go. Uh, I think I would consider Wilson. I don't know if I would put him over Sermon. I don't know how they're going to use him. It's Shanahan, but I think it would be Wilson ahead of Sermon right now. Uh, but hopefully Mitchell plays. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that if we see that Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell can't go, honestly, even with the draft capital on Sermon, I would expect Jeff Wilson. Um, you know, he's a trusted piece of that team. He's been there for a little while now. Uh, we've seen big games out of him in the past, and uh, he did get some play coming off injury last week. Um, <clears throat> for the Jaguars as well, um, you know, uh, uh, maybe a deep dive play might be... Um, might be uh jamal agnew um you know we saw him getting carries he had the big touchdown last week the i think it was 70 something yards uh rushing touchdown um and uh you know just a piece that they're they're starting to design ways to get the ball in his hands just to get something going um so uh yeah i'm with you though i got the niners the uh the jags have got two wins and i don't see them getting many more um so yeah Go Jimmy G. Go Debo, my man Debo. All right, this next one. This is an old school, old school NFL matchup. We got the Green Bay Packers at eight and two taking on the Minnesota Vikings at four and five. These two teams have cold weather running through their veins. It's going to be a forty-nine point over/under, and Green Bay slight favorites, two-point favorites in this one. So, uh, you know what? Is this a is this a slobber knocker alert here, Jeff? It could be, yeah. This could be a slobber knocker alert. I think it is. Yeah, so the Packers defense, they've been sneaky good. This is not a team that we expected coming into the year to be one of the elite defenses, but they are they are top three um, in points against, top three in yards against, top three in pass defense, and they're still middle of the pack in rush defense. So they've, uh, they've quietly been uh, shutting teams down this season, um, and it seems like especially the last month or so. Now on the practice report, Aaron Rodgers... I don't like the fact that he's not practicing with a toe injury now, you know, after all the COVID nonsense and whatever. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be good to go. He's just taking his taking his little breather. Maybe he's hanging out in the uh, hot tub with his buddy Aaron Jones, who obviously hasn't practiced and we don't expect to play for a couple weeks uh, leading up to their bye week. Um, and in the receiver room, Alan Lazard has not practiced uh, yet this week with a shoulder injury, so worth keeping an eye on that at the end of the week. And uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was limited with a hip injury, um, but neither of those guys I don't think are, are even getting close to my lineups. We've talked about the uh, the myth of the number two receiver in Green Bay for long enough. Um, so if I'm looking at the yeses in this one, even in the tough matchup, obviously Dalvin Cook and uh, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, those guys are rolling out for you in the purple. And uh, we've got, you know, we've got Devontae Adams, we've got Aaron Rodgers, and we've got the new starter for the next week or two, A.J. Dillon. Um, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, the maybes for me, Kirk Cousins, even though he's actually been pretty serviceable, I don't really care for him that much in this matchup against the Packers defense. And uh, Adam Thielen, this is a tough one because he's been he's been such a productive name in fantasy football. He's a name that people have known for a long time. Uh, had the massive touchdown season last year and uh, kind of quietly, you know, getting it done in the end zone, but. The Packers defense is not allowing a lot to the wide receiver position and they're and they're not allowing a lot of short touchdowns, which is where Thielen's kind of made his money this season. So uh, if you can pivot away, you you might be okay doing that. And if you can't, just kind of temper your expectations for what Thielen's going to do. Um, you know, the mess that is Cobb, Lazard, St. Brown, MVS, 
eh, I don't want it. No thanks. If you're not named Devontae Adams, you're not catching the ball on my squad. And uh, Tyler Conklin, you know, he's got the high ceiling. He's got the low floor. He's uh, he's kind of a regular tight end in that regard, but he does have the ability to go off, and we have seen uh, Cousins look his way in the, in the red zone. So if you're looking for a plug-and-play, Tyler Conklin could be okay. I think the Cheeseheads get this done, man. I like honestly, from what from what we saw week one, they've rolled off eight out of nine, eight wins in nine games since week one, and I think they uh, get their ninth win this week. I just decided right the second I'm taking Minnesota. I don't have a good reason why. They're playing good football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers banged up. Aaron Jones out. I don't know. I just have a feeling again. This I'm going gut feeling. I'm taking the Vikings at home. Um, this next game, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. It's the three and seven Dolphins going to the two and seven Jets, forty-four and a half point over/under, with Miami being a three and a half point favorite uh, on the road. Uh, obviously, a division matchup, a two seven lost teams this early in the season. Um, you know, a matchup that's already kind of gross on paper is getting a little uglier. As Joe Flacco is going to be starting at quarterback for the Jets, um, which means I'm downgrading all the skill position players for the Jets, who are all pretty ranked pretty low other than Elijah Moore. So I don't like this game whatsoever. I think the Dolphins D is my start of the game. Um, you know, I know Mike Gusecki put up a goose egg last week, but I think I'm confident starting him. He had seven targets. So they should have had a lot of production based on those targets. Just didn't break his way last week. I think he's going to bounce back. And I like Jalen Waddell ever since Tua's been back. Tua seems to love him, especially, you know, short yardage. I think uh, Waddell can get it, uh, the volume to have a nice day here. And uh, my maybes are Tua who's been playing pretty good football, but, you know, he didn't start last week and was able to come in and finish the game, which is a weird scenario to me, but uh, I'm sure he's able to go this week. I still don't trust him 100%, so he's a maybe for me. Um, Elijah Moore, who's shown some flashes the last couple weeks, he's closer to a yes than a maybe, but he's still on my maybe list. We got Crowder, Michael Carter, Corey Davis. You know, with Flacco starting, I don't really – I don't trust any of them. One of them is going to probably have a decent day, but I don't know who it is, so I'm not trusting any of them. And uh, Miles Gaskin, is he's been a no for me all season, so he's you know hardly a maybe for me right now. I'm taking the Dolphins big time. Yeah, see, there's a few names on your maybe list here that I'm uh, I'm pretty happy taking a swing with. Uh, Tua, for me, is a yes. Um, the fact that he was able to come in in relief, uh, even though he they, they didn't want him to start not fully healthy, but he was able to come in um, going up against this bad Jets defense. I think he's going to kind of have his way. This could be a game where he and Waddle uh, connect a couple of times. And uh, and we see the the rookie wide receiver get into the end zone here, so I hope that that's the case. Um, Moore, absolutely, Elijah Moore. Um, he's been you know he's been quietly getting it done the last few weeks. A lot of garbage time last week, but that's going to be the situation a lot for the Jets. Um, so I'd be okay with putting him in a flex spot for sure. And uh, honestly, man, <laughs> it's it's tough for me to say. I'm a manager of this player, and it's been painful for me this year. But Miles Gaskin. This is a week that I think the Dolphins are going to have a positive game script. This is a week where they're going up against a very beatable run defense. Uh, I think Gaskin is absolutely fine. I'd be very happy to put him in as a flex or even as a running back too this week. And I got the Finns. Yep. Yeah, I think the Miami gets their fourth win. Yep. All right. This one, uh, this one's going to be interesting. We've got the New Orleans Saints at five and four taking on the Philadelphia Eagles at four and six, uh, forty-three point over/under in Philadelphia, just favored by a point and a half. Now, Jalen Hurts, this guy, you know, whatever he's been for the NFL, although he has looked slightly better for football lately, 
he has been pretty solid for your fantasy squad. And again, it comes down to that running ability. Um, you're getting those kind of bonus points. He's going up against a Saints team that's allowing the fourth most points in the league to the quarterback position. So I feel like Hertz is in line for a good day. Um, especially since the Saints defense against running backs have been pretty tough. So I think we're going to see a lot of passing plays and uh, and a lot of dropbacks or shotgun snaps that allow Hertz to roll out and, and uh, move the ball with his own feet. Now, speaking of feet, Taysom Hill, ooh, he's got a foot injury. He hasn't practiced yet this week. This is tough for him, man. He had the concussion, and then Jameis got hurt. Hill didn't get the starting role, and uh, I guess he stomped his foot so hard in Sean Payton's office that he hurt it. So, uh, so, so far, he's a no-go this week. Um, Alvin Kamara... Ugh, I hate this. I already talked about this with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He missed last week with the knee injury, limited at yesterday's practice, and then downgraded today. Did not practice. So Mark Ingram managers, get ready. Buckle up because it could be an Ingram game again, uh, just like we saw last week. Could be a big day for uh, you know what could end up being a late-season waiver wire darling here. Um, the yeses for me in this one, I already talked about Hurts, absolutely. Uh, Devonta Smith, like I said, you know what? I'll, I'll own it. I said, I'm not sure I'd want him. I said, I might try to trade him. And since I said that he's been on fire, he's showing why he won the Heisman trophy last year. Um, going up against this, uh, going up against this defense. that has been very generous to quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think Devonta Freeman's just fine. Ingram, either way, if Kamara's in, you can flex him. If he's not in, he's a smash play. And obviously Alvin Kamara, if he is out there, you're going to put him in. Now, the running backs for the Eagles, the Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, I think we can answer the question very simply this week. No, don't do it. Um, there's rumors that Miles Sanders could even be back. I don't know that I'd feel good putting him in against this Saints rush defense, so uh, I think all those guys could spend another week on the bench. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not digging deep on this one. Trevor Simeon, no thank you, and uh, wide receivers, no thank you. Dallas Goddard, if you need a tight end, he's a tight end. He plays the position you can plug him in. Uh, it pains me to say it, man, but I think the Eagles are going to win this one. Yeah, they're giving me a feeling too. Jalen Hurts is playing some solid football. The defense is playing better than I thought. I'm taking Philly at home as well, mostly because it's probably going to be Trevor Simeon. Um, our next game is a battle between two five and four teams in the AFC, but both are kind of on different trajectories. The Bengals coming off their bye week, head into Las Vegas to face the Raiders. That's uh, a 49 and a half point over under with Cincy being one point favorites on the road. Uh, I talked about how they maybe had the best bye week ever last week with the Ravens and Browns both losing and the Steelers uh, having a tie while they were off. So they kind of made up ground when they were not playing football, which is great. Uh, great bye week for the Bengals. And on the Raiders side, they probably wish they had a bye season because it's it's just been <laughs> I think it's falling apart and it's going to spiral out of control for the rest of the year here unfortunately so um yeah not a good scene in Vegas right now um Josh Jacobs is limited uh, in practice with that knee injury he was you know very disappointing last week against the Chiefs defense who's been torn up by all kinds of teams um and yeah so I think this game is kind of going to get out of hand early I think the Bengals are going to run all over them and, and do whatever they want I'm starting Burrow for sure I'm starting Jamar Chase I'm starting T Higgins I'm starting Mixon and only guys I'm starting with confidence on the Raiders side of the ball are Waller and Carr um, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about Brian Edwards right now I uh, watched the, the game last week he made some big time plays for Carr when they were trying to claw their way back when it was still within reach 
Uh, I think he's earning his trust more and more each week. So he's a guy that I'm considering starting in a flex position. I'd start him over a guy like Tyler Boyd um, and CJ Zuma, who's had some banger weeks for the Bengals, but uh, he's also had some duds as well. He's really hard to trust, so uh, he's a maybe for me right now. Um, but I think the Bengals are going to win this one with these. Yep, I think so too. This uh, this division that the Steelers are in is is turned out to be a real crackerjack. Okay, this one, you know, all jokes aside about some of these other matchups, this is one that a lot of fantasy, uh, a lot of fantasy matchups are going to come down to what happens in this game. We've got the seven and two Dallas Cowboys taking on the six and four Kansas City Chiefs, fifty six point over under, and it's going to be a tight one, a nail biter. Kansas City are two and a half point favorites. I think that two and a half point favorite just comes from the fact that they're wearing a ring from this millennium. Um, the Chiefs finally came alive last week. We had so much concern over what was happening with Patrick Mahomes. He's leading the league in interceptions. He just can't get it done, can't get it done. Well, he got it done, and this is another week where he's going to be looking to do that. The Dallas defense is no joke, but uh, the Chiefs offense can roll with the best of them. They've shown us that over the last few years. Two monster offenses looking to go off in a horse race. Line them up, rack them up, put your fantasy assets in this game. One interesting thing to note, after uh, I believe a five-week absence, uh, rumors uh, rumors out of Chiefs camp are coming that uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair has a, quote, pretty good chance to play this week. Um, so that, I guess, gives me a little bit of pause. So let's talk about the yeses. These are the, these are the no-brainers that for sure plays. Uh, Patty Mahomes, absolutely get in there. Tyreek, get in there. Kelsey, go do what you do. On the Cowboys side, Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, absolutely get those guys in there. Now, we've got some maybes in this, and I think a lot of these maybes you could be uh, convinced to lean to the yes. So Dalton Schultz, uh, we saw a little bit of a drop-off, obviously, in production. Um, he, uh, he got us. He got us last week, but I think he bounces back. Um, the Chiefs defense, even though they're a little bit better, they're still struggling. Michael Gallup as the third receiver. I I would take it this week. I'm I'm not a huge Gallup fan, but he does have uh, he does have a little bit of a rapport with Dak, and uh, they're going to be trying to score. They got to score points in this game. So if you can get a piece of the passing game like those two guys, absolutely. It's the backfield in Kansas City, and I need some help from you, Jeff, because I've got uh, I've got this decision in a couple of leagues. So um, Daryl Williams has been fantastic in relief of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and particularly in the passing game. Last week, you know, he was right up there among the among the weekly leaders and it was all based on that nine catches for over 100 yards. Now with Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming back, you know, does Williams get relegated to the bench? Um, is this a timeshare? Does he become the third down back and maybe take away some series? Like, is Clyde getting plugged right back in as the go-to guy? What do you think? How do you see this playing out? It's it's hard to say, right? I mean, the draft investment and in capital is, is CEH, but Williams is playing amazing football right now, and he's doing it with, you know, in the air, on the ground, like you said. So, um, I could see this being a timeshare and then them riding the hot hand each week, which is, you know, a headache for fantasy managers, but it works for the team. So that's all they're really worried about. Um, I think ultimately CEH is the better talent, but until Williams slips up, he's going to continue to get opportunities, which will eat into workload for either guy to, you know, there, there won't be a bell cow here until there's either an injury or there's some bad play. So uh, this could be a headache for a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, it could. I will say this. I think that Williams, you know, maybe fits the role of the pass catching back that Andy Reid wants. He's a little bit of a bigger body than Edwards Alaire. He can make athletic catches. Like he made a wide receiver style catch last week uh, to score his touchdown. Um, I'm I'm hesitant. I, I have to play him in one league. I have no other option, but uh I'm I'm hesitant to say you can still rely on him, but uh, we could see a situation where you know Edwards Alaire becomes a high end running back two, and and Williams becomes a low end running back two with upside or a flex with upside. Um, but we're going opposite ways on this man. I I think KC keeps rolling. I think that what they did last week is just a preview of what's to come down the stretch. I think the Chiefs take this one. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys on the road. It's just I think they're a more complete team. And uh, Dak's playing incredible football right now. I know the Mahomes and co. looked great last week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just got a feeling the Cowboys are going to show the world, and, and they've probably had this game circled on their calendar for quite a while here to show the world that uh, we're a legit contender this year, and, and this is going to be a fun way to prove it against the, you know, the Mahomes and that offense. Wow, what a homer pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, our next game is another battle of division rivals, um, but both have uh, different records for sure. And uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what names actually end up on the field on Sunday. But we got the eight and two Cardinals heading to Seattle to face the three and six Seahawks. It's a forty-eight point over/under with Arizona two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, both teams are absolutely beat up right now. If you look at the the injury report, and you know outside of that, even Seattle just feels broken, especially on offense. They're not. They can't establish the run like Pete Carroll keeps saying he wants to do it or wants to do. Russ Wilson, I know he came back from an injury and, you know, he came back a lot earlier than people thought, but uh, they just haven't clicked and it's, it's you know, reflective in their three, three and six record, right? So uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding them for them to make a, a comeback here and get into playoff contention. And it could be a long year and second half for the Seahawks fans. But um, a big part of this game is obviously the health of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Kyler's back at practice this week. He's limited with that ankle injury, but he is doing something where Hopkins still hasn't practiced in, in almost three weeks now with that hamstring industry injury. Um, and I will say the, the Cardinals are on a bye next week, so I could see a scenario where they sit Hopkins one more week and try to get him right for post-bye. Um, backup running back Eno Benjamin has a groin injury. He's been limited in practice. And on Seattle's side of the ball, uh, DK Metcalf was uh, did not practice with a foot injury. Alex Collins has a groin injury that has him limited. G- Gerald Everett has a groin injury that uh, kept him out of practice. So uh, both teams are banged up on offense, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, who is actually on the field Sunday. Um, assuming everybody is a go, that's how I'm going to do this. I'm saying yes to Russ Wilson. I'm saying yes to Kyler. If Hopkins plays, you're definitely starting him. If DK is good to go, you're definitely starting him. Um, I know Lockett has been a headache, especially as of late, but I think uh, this is a good week for him to go off. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson targeted him quite a few times, and there are a lot of deep passes, and I think they will connect uh, with more reps. And once uh, Wilson gets more and more, uh, more healthy as, uh, as he recovers from that injury, and I'm starting James Conner for sure. He's just been a touchdown machine, which is hard for me to say. Um, our maybes are A.J. Green, who put up a dud last week, Christian Kirk, who's been hard to trust, especially without Kyler in the lineup. Uh, Rondell Moore, who's even harder to trust without Kyler in the lineup, and Gerald Everett for the Seahawks is a maybe for me. I think the uh, Cardinals win this one on the road. Yeah, I think the Cards get back to their winning ways in this one, especially if they've got Kyler. Oh, 
our Steelers are playing football this week, Jeff. We don't get a break like we did a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't lose last week. That's good. Uh, we have a slightly better record than the team we're taking off. The 5-3-1 and one Steelers taking on the 5-4 and four Chargers. Four losses. Pathetic. Uh, 47 point Losers. over. <laughs> yeah. 47 point over under uh, in this one. The Chargers are actually favored by five and a half points in this one. Um, Big Ben, we don't know what's going on. Uh, he hasn't cleared protocols yet. If he's cleared, uh, Coach Tomlin's saying he can play even if he hasn't practiced. Uh, if he can't play, though, you know, we saw what happens and you have to you have to downgrade your Steelers. You're still going to be playing the same names, but uh, just temper your expectations. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, Najee Harris is in line for a big game uh, going up against the second worst rush defense in the league. Uh, they're giving up the second most points to the running back position this year. The Chargers are um, the only note really at practice. And this was surprising to me. Chase Claypool. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a longer um, injury with him, the toe injury. But he was getting in limited practice and sounds like he might have a chance to play. Uh, now, I'm not sure if that would be kind of in a decoy role um, that they just want him out there because there's no juju or what. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, name to think about because we've seen, obviously, it only takes one play for Claypool to uh, make it worthwhile to be in your lineup. So if he's healthy, Jeff, does Chase Claypool make the cut for you this week? It's hard to trust them, man. I like you said. Uh, well, spe- first of all, if there's no Big Ben, then no way. Yeah. <laughs> but if Big Ben's in there, which I, I assume he is, then it's even still, it's hard to trust. Claypool has one touchdown on the year. Um, I know they keep trying to connect on these big plays, but it just hasn't been there this season. Mm. Um, you know, I've been complaining to you in text messages every single game about Matt Canada's play calls, and uh, yeah, I, I'm with you too. Actually, I thought when they were talking about Claypool and they said you know he avoided a seizing ending injury i expected it to keep him out a couple weeks um at least and the fact that he's practicing in a limited fashion i don't know if that you know speaks to how desperate they feel after tying the lions or if he just wants to get back out there and or he's that healthy so um i'm starting him in our league of note um but i'm also not starting him in another <laughs> league i'm starting Kadarius tony over him um where i have an option so I don't love that option as well, but I just don't love the Steelers' offense right now, and the Chargers are going to be playing angry. I think their secondary has enough plays to keep Claypool out of the, off the score sheet. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know if I really answered your question there. It's hard yeah. to trust, but if without Big Ben, no dice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think if I had that choice that you just talked about, uh, Claypool or Tony, I think I'd be with you. I think I'd go with Tony um, in their matchup on Monday. Um, the yeses in this one are pretty straightforward. We've got Najee and Deontay for the uh, Steelers, and then Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, and Eckler. Um, and uh, on the maybe list, you know, Mike Williams. I wouldn't want to. I need to see it again. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel great about it at the start of the year when it was happening every week, and now that it hasn't happened for a long time, I definitely don't feel good about it. Uh, Pat Fryermouth. Pat Fryermouth. Uh, maybe he's a he's a good plug in. Um, you know, had the fumble. That was a tough one to swallow uh, for the rookie, but uh, he's being targeted, um, especially if Ben's in. Um, you know, he's a talented player. They, they took him for a reason where they did. And, uh, I really like what I've seen out of him. So, uh, either way, whether it's Ben or Mason Rudolph or, uh, you know, the, the ghost of Terry Bradshaw throwing the ball to him. Um, that's not nice to say he's, well, you know, he's a, he's a shell of his former self 
you know, he's more worried about promoting failure to launch or whatever movie he's making these days. Um, <laughs> or giving away his money. Every week I see the commercials, I can have Terry's money. He owes me twelve fifty for going to see Failure to Launch, by the way. Um, but uh, whoever's throwing the ball, whoever's throwing the ball to Wait a minute, move. wait a minute. Did you go by yourself? <laughs> no, it was Toonie Tuesday. <laughs> but it was so bad I spilled my popcorn, so that's another five. Um, yeah, Fairmouth for sure. Uh, I don't want any part of the other wide receivers in this one, even if Big Ben's in, you know, Ray Ray McLeod and uh, James Washington. No, thank you. Um, I'm I'm making a homer call. I don't like it. I don't even know if I fully believe it, but uh, every time I say it with a question mark, it seems to work. So Steelers? Yeah, and I've usually followed suit this year, but I can't do it. That was... So off-putting last week, and uh, I know obviously without Big Ben back there, um, but I think it's going to come down to T.J. Watt's health, and um, if Joe Hayden's out again, it's I mean our secondary susceptible, and if there's no pass rush, I don't like our mm. chances. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking the Chargers, and I I don't like that either. But yeah, and no no Minka Fitzpatrick this week either. He's in the uh, he's in the protocol and won't be active. Perfect. Yeah. Yuck. Um, <laughs> One more game to get through. It's the Monday night football game between the three and six Giants and the six and three Bucks. Uh, Tom Brady's rival. This is kind of like a revenge game for him. It's a forty-nine and a half point over/under with Tampa Bay being eleven-point favorites, and we're going to see an angry Bucks team after coming off that loss against the Washington football team last week. Uh, the Giants were on a bye last week, and they've not been able to stay healthy all year long. I don't think they've had their starting offense on paper or on the field at at any point of the season, but it seems like we're trending in that way. Saquon's limited. He's back in action on the practice field. Uh, Booker is limited with a hip injury, but if Saquon's back, I don't think Booker has a role. Uh, Shepard's still dealing with a quad injury. He didn't practice. Um, that's the Giants' side of the ball. And the Bucks' side of the ball, it's it just as interesting. Godwin's been limited with a foot injury. Um, Gronk's back at practice, but this one I know is close and near and dear to your heart, Kyle. Not Antonio Brown, who showed amazing flashes at the start of the season. He's missed uh, the last handful of games with um, that foot injury or ankle injury, sorry. Uh, but now there's talk of him having some some vaccination fugazi forms that uh, could get him into some more hot water. So um, obviously the ankle is one thing, but this hot water could be another thing. So two things to monitor with AB. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling like I'm regretting complimenting on him on all his mature decision making this year. And uh, thanks a lot, Antonio Bonehead. You made me look like a fool. There it is, Antonio Bonehead. Uh, so for the yeses, I'm starting Tom Brady for sure. I'm starting Mike Evans. I'm starting Chris Godwin. I'm starting Fournette. I'm starting Danny Dimes. And if Saquon plays, I'm starting him this week. Uh, my maybes are Ty Johnson, who uh, will fill in for Antonio Brown if he can't go. Uh, Gronk, you know, he's back in practice. I'm sure he'll be back on the field. Will he actually um, be fantasy relevant right away? I'm not sure if I trust him right away. Uh, Evan Ingram is another guy. I don't know which one of those two right now, Kyle, if I had to make you choose between Gronk and Ingram, which one are you starting this week? <sighs> you can't make me. Uh, you know what, man? It seems like a no-brainer. Too late. You got Ingram. Yeah, seems like a no-brainer for <laughs> Gronk. But you know what? Ingram, he's, he's, he's scored a touchdown or two this year. He could be he could be okay. He has. Uh, I think I would lean towards him as well. Galladay and Tony are my other maybes, but I'm more confident in Tony than I'm Galladay right now. So that's uh, the yeses and the maybes, and I'm taking the Bucks uh, at home. Tom Brady looking for revenge against these Giants who stole two of his rings. Absolutely, they are going to uh, they are going to pay for the the sins of Eli Manning. Um, you know, 
talk about huck it chuck it football holy got stick them on the back of helmets maybe that'll help danny dimes um all right man well that's i can't believe it that's it's over we did it we got through all the matchups good for us yay pat on the back uh but we do still have lots to get through so we need to move it along here but uh fortunately for us we get to give our voices a little bit of a break because we're joined as always by special correspondent fantasy falcon champion tyler walzak with his segment a sitting start can't put me in now we can win this it's just bad strategy a sitting start hello falcon maniacs welcome to a sitting start week 11 let's get into it the start button all green for leonard fournette in four of his last five games lenny has scored at least 16 points he is seventh among running backs and targets, and he is in a matchup this week against a Giants team that's allowed the six most points from running backs over those last six weeks. I'd say Lenny Fournette's in for a big day. Justin Fields. The Bears are coming off a bye week, so a lot of people have forgotten that Fields has been a top 10 quarterback in his last two games. A lot of his fantasy points are going to come off his ability to scramble, which shouldn't bother anyone because that is what he does. He has run for over 145 yards combined over those two games. It also helps that the Ravens have been struggling over the past four weeks, slowing down, struggling slowing down QBs, and have allowed the fifth most points to that position. Third start of the week is Dawson Knox. The Colts' defense is very heavily zoned scheme, which does give tight ends a pretty big advantage. They've allowed 12-plus PPR points to the positions in each of their past three games and five of their past seven. Josh Allen missed Knox twice last week in the end zone, and something tells me both of those guys are very well aware of that. Sit him down, and spoiler alert, all three of these are running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do we rush back to starting CEH? I'm not too sure. Daryl Williams has been catching the ball well out of the backfield, and the way that Kansas City was playing on offense last week... They may be in more of a position where they want to slowly ECH back into the field, put him in the game plan over the next couple of weeks. Jordan Howard. New Orleans is currently the league-leading run defense. Howard doesn't catch the ball, so he's basically touchdown or bust. And this week with Miles Sanders on track to return on Sunday, that makes Jordan Howard very unattractive at this point. So go ahead, click the big gold red sit button on Jordan Howard, and I'll let uh, Kyle talk to you about whether or not to start Miles Sanders. Because my next sit is Antonio Gibson. This week, Washington again faces a stout running defense. They're on the road against the Panthers defense, allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Now, last week, Gibson made everyone look foolish if they benched him. But because of that, this game screams letdown. Washington was able to run the ball last week because they were in ball control mode with the lead. That gave Gibson 24 carries. It's hard to believe the football team is going to be that surprising in back-to-back weeks. Now, guys, I got no idea. I have no idea. Kenny Galladay, no idea. It doesn't seem like you should ever start Kenny Galladay. But over the past four games where he's actually played 35 snaps or more, he has at least 10 points in three of them. He averages 6.5 targets a game. If Sterling Shepard remains sidelined, Galladay should have a good shot at exceeding the target volume and be the runaway leader in those targets in a matchup where they're probably going to be playing from behind. Now, I'm not sure that's a convincing argument, but volume never hurts anything, and neither does a Buccaneers defense that's pretty banged up, specifically at the cornerback position. So 
Should Galladay be started just based on the fact that he's kind of the last man standing and he's going to get the targets? I don't know. What about you guys? All right, man. Well, uh, you know, he was kind of on the same page as us with some of his starts. Uh, He had Leonard Fournette and Justin Fields, and uh, he felt a lot more confident about Dawson Knox, I think, than either of us. But uh, we did say you could put him in, um, and uh, he pointed out the Colts in that zone defense a lot of the time is going to be pretty friendly to the tight end position. And he was pretty bold with his sits. Um, you know, Jordan Howard, I don't think, was a super bold call, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Antonio Gibson, he does not like either of those guys uh, just based on their situation and matchup this this coming week. But uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, his question kind of kind of lined right up with our last matchup that we reviewed right before we were joined by Tyler. But uh, Kenny Galladay versus the Bucs. So when he's been healthy, he's had a safe floor, at least 10 points in three of the four games that he's played. And, uh, you know, we've got, you know, uh, Danny Dimes, he held his power ring up and Avengers assemble and here come the football giants. Um, I know you said you like Tony a little bit more, but uh, did Tyler make enough of a case for you to, to put Kenny G in your lineup? Well, I mean, they paid him to be the guy, so... I think you could do worse, but it's. I think the Bucks are just going to dominate this game. There's going to be the pass rush is going to be all over Danny Dimes, and yeah, if your point, if your league gives a points for tackles, um, when your quarterback throws an interception, <laughs> I think you'd be in good shape this week because uh, Galladay might get a couple. But um, I don't think he's. I, I mean, a touchdown could put him over the top, but I don't think he's going to have a huge workload this week. Yeah, you know what I I I think that between the fact that uh, we've got a healthy lineup taking you know taking some of the pressure off and and spreading that defense out a little bit, we've got Saquon Barkley or at least the name Saquon Barkley on the back of a jersey looking like it'll be out there, and uh, the fact that if the Bucks do run away with it, we're gonna have lots of garbage time. I I think you could put Kenny G in wide receiver three uh, with wide receiver two upside. You got to put aside those hurt feelings from last year, Jeff. It's uh, you know, it's it's a long time ago now. No, time, I don't. It's time to move on. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> he said until. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we got a couple more segments, like you said, buddy. We got to whip through this, but uh, we, we wouldn't be the Thursday episode without getting into our favorite segments. Let's start with the Rambo of the week. Fantasy fucking football Rambo of the week. Who are you? The worst nightmare. So last week, you—I mean, you did well. We had uh, James Conner and Chris Godwin. Conner finished with ten carries, thirty-nine yards, got a score, and Chris Godwin had seven catches for fifty-seven yards. Not the boom weeks we thought they would have, but um, you know, not terrible weeks either. Um, who are you going with this week, Kyle? Well, this week I've got a guy, I, I need to make this statement because I just traded in a big way to get this player in a league where I lost Derrick Henry, and I'm relying on him for the next couple of weeks to be a smash play. I'm talking about A.J. Dillon taking on the Minnesota Vikings. 
you know, Dylan's got this backfield role to himself. He's been involved in the passing game. He's looked like a good runner. The Packers have a great offense who are going to put him in scoring position. It sounds like Rodgers and company are all going to be together again. Um, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to have Dylan in my lineup, and you should be too, Falcomaniacs, because a running back with a big workload on a good team that scores a lot of points, that is a recipe for fantasy success. So, A.J. Dillon, you're my Rambo of the week. Nothing is over! Quadzilla, the quad father. I love it this week and the next two weeks. I think he's going to be uh, just running wild. Um, my Rambo of the week is a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys playing against the Chiefs. We talked about it in the preview. I think this game is going to be like a video game, like on, you know, semi pro or even amateur skill level. It's just going to be, or difficulty. I mean, it's just going to be points, 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 uh, both sides of the ball. And I think you could start anybody on either team with confidence. But I think Dak is going to have a statement game here and uh, kind of put his claim to the MVP award, which is funny to say in week 11. But, you know, that talk's already started. He's one of the candidates. And I think he can take a step forward if he beats Mahomes in Mahomes' uh, home stadium. So for that reason, uh, I'm excited to say that Dak Prescott is my Rambo of the week. Guns firing. <laughs> is that the closed captioning? <laughs> that was a quote from the closed yes, captioning. Yes. War noises. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, those are the players, Falcomaniacs, that we feel great about and you should feel great about too. But uh, these next names, these are not the way you want to go. Um, these are the these are the players you might want to consider sitting down if you can. These are the Roy Munsons of the week. Let me give you some advice. Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. A real Munson. So last week, uh, you know, both of us picked a running back. Both of us picked running backs that people were feeling happy to start. And uh, I trusted the process. I went with Michael Carter of the Jets. And uh, yardage-wise, he did me right. 16 carries for 39 yards. Uh, He did fall into the end zone for a touchdown. But uh, overall, the production was pretty low. And DeAndre Swift against the, uh, you know, that that formidable oh Steelers. Well, you know, when you play five full quarters, you have a little bit more. And uh, when you carry the ball 33 times, you also have a little more opportunity. So 33 carries for 130 yards over five quarters of football for DeAndre Swift. So if you played Swift, you know, that worked out for you. But uh, I, I believed in that pick, Jeff. I thought that was a good pick overall. Obviously, I don't think anyone saw the game going the way that it did. But uh, this doesn't really happen very often, but uh, we've got the same player down. So, you know, with confidence, we are telling you, Falcomaniacs, that Adam Thielen in that Vikings-Packers matchup might not be the guy you think he's going to be for you. The Packers have only allowed a couple of good games to receivers lately, and all of them were high-volume wide receivers like Deontay Johnson and Jamar Chase and Terry McLaurin. That is not the way I would describe Adam Thielen. His targets are going down, even though he's still producing in the red zone with those uh, with those touchdown passes. Uh, but I don't think he breaks through this week. And uh, like I mentioned in the matchup preview, the Packers, as, as they've been locked down on wide receivers and especially close to the end zone. They are uh, just not allowing that to happen. So if the Vikings want to score, they're going to have to get creative. I don't think they're going to be able to do the things that they like to do. And uh, yeah, Adam Thielen, sorry, buddy. Just, uh, you know, 
just go have a good stretch, have a drink of water, and uh, maybe grab a seat on this one. I got a feeling it's going to be a disappointing week for uh, Adam and his managers. (laughs) Very nice. I'm not the only singer on this show. Um, Well, I didn't want you to feel left out. Yeah, man. Well, that's just about, uh, I think we've covered just about everything we could have in the NFL. I don't know. Have you heard anything on, uh, have you heard anything on Jamar Chase's shoelace color? That's about the last thing we didn't talk about this week, but uh, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, black. He's going with it's, black this week. It's uh, green like, like money, oh, baby. Oh, it's green like end money. Zone, whatever color the end zone is. <laughs> Breaking news. Orange and black. Um, but uh, we do have, not in the NFL, but a real important football league. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is the game of the week. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So before I get into the real game of the week, I do want to say there is a battle for honor, I believe, going on. Is it is it true? Are the rumors true? You and Whammer Time are taking on uh, trying to get your second wins of the year here? No, Whammer already got his. What? He had a big win last week. Did so he have I'm a bye? Did he get yeah, a bye week? Did, did I know. Oh, I know you're like 500 now. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah I, I, hey, I'm, a, in the standings I'm, a, anymore. I'm a playoff team, baby. You watch your tone. <laughs> I noticed that, yeah, and I, I can't great. wait to watch it. But no, yeah, Whammer's, uh, it's awesome. I'm talking Whammer, you know, we mentioned trade, and Whammer is still making moves as if he's making a run this year, even at a 2-8 and eight record. Uh, so I love it, and uh, we'll see what happens this week. He had a nice night from his kicker tonight, Nick Folk, so uh, we'll see how it plays out. But that's not the matchup we're looking forward to this week. No, absolutely not. We've got, uh, you know, a couple of the public enemies. We got public enemy number one taking on second place in the league, public enemy number two. Number one versus number two. This is a battle for the ages. Um, you know, we we previewed public enemy number one taking on the real public enemy number one, and I talked about uh, the tough schedule lying ahead for Craig and... Uh, <laughs> It just keeps getting tougher with some of the fantasy news that comes out affecting his team. If if you have a player on your rosters, Falcomaniacs, that's been hurt, that's been involved in off-field issues, that's uh, retired in the middle of a young season simply because they're not enjoying themselves, chances are that that player also plays for our, uh, our buddy Geister's team. So uh, thoughts and prayers of fantasy gods are not on his side, but he's still fighting. He's still trying to make a go of it for this week at least. And uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a uh, slobber knocker if I'm using that correctly. It is projected nice, to be a, a, a 199 to 191 victory for Public Enemy Number One. So that tells you just how high the stakes are in this one. Why well, update update? It's now projected to be 195 to 192 Ooh. with Public Enemy Number Two being favored by three points after this debacle of a Thursday night game, but. Uh, yeah, Geister was forced to start Cow Pitts, Mac Jones, uh, Matt Judon, and Deion Jones for defense. But luckily, you had the Patriots D who are putting up a shutout right now. So uh, that's going to come down to the wire, man. I can't wait to see how this plays out. There's a few other matchups too. I want. I was curious which one you were going to go with this week because there's a few matchups that have huge playoff implications. That even you know one versus seven, the three point projection, uh, eight versus ten are only separated by fourteen points. So I can't wait to see. It's that time of year now. We're seeing teams making moves, and uh, yeah, man, I love it. Uh, I, I know I could rant on about trades all day, but we got to wrap this episode up. So thanks so much to the Falcon Maniacs for listening. Uh, as we keep mentioning, it's the final month 
of the regular season for fantasy football. It's never been more important to get an edge over your league mates. And that's what we're here for, Falcon Maniacs. Send us your waiver wire trade start sit questions. Reach out to us by email at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com or leave us a voice message using the link in the show description. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Football. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Sunday. Enjoy this weather. Enjoy the last few weeks of the fantasy season. Good luck and get those W's. And don't forget to set your Falcon lineups. Woo! I'm going to make them an offer he can't refuse.